0: What a fantastic, beautiful day. Um, I love these kind of brisk days. As I walked over from the conference center, these bluebird days, I grew up in Alaska. And so these brisk, really kind of bone chilling days, I embrace, so I hope you guys feel the same way. And it's a real pleasure and honor to be here. Um, I love talking about relative race. So first, by show of hands, don't be embarrassed, you're not going to hurt my feelings. How many people have actually seen Relative Brace? Show of hands. Oh, more than I thought. Okay, that's good. Okay, so about half of you. That's that's good. I actually spoke uh, last week up in Heber and there were about uh, 800 people there and I asked that same question thinking, "Man, there's a lot more people in Heber that know this show than I thought of." And I asked that question to start and about a hundred raised their hand, and I thought, "Why are the rest of you here?" But I'm I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, let me tell you a little bit about relative race and why it means so much to me. And I hope those who watch it feel the spirit of this show. And if you haven't watched it, which is about half of you, I hope you'll take the time because there's something very unique about this show. In almost 35 years of television television production, I have never been involved with anything that is so difficult to produce and yet so personally and professionally incredibly satisfying. It's humbling to be a part of this show. This show is a show about finding family, discovering family, and uniting them. So let me tell you how we do it. We cast four teams of two people each. Sometimes they're married couples. Sometimes they're father-sons or mother-daughters. Sometimes they're siblings. But those four teams have very personal reasons for being on the show. They have very deep backstories, as we like to call them. And they tell us why they're searching for a family and what that would mean to them. And then we fly them out to a location somewhere in the United States, and we take away all of their technology. So just put yourself in this position. Let's say that you happen to be somebody out here who is desperately looking for family or has wanted answers uh, that you've been searching for your whole life, and you've signed up to be on this show. It's It's an unscripted reality show. There's 10 days of racing, and it is completely unscripted. We do not tell them what to say. I do not have anything scripted for me. So you're flown out, and then the very first thing that you're told is, by the way, you have to get to 10 different cities over the next 10 days in a race, and we're taking away all your technology. No GPS, no smartphones, no anything. It really happens, and we give them old-fashioned paper maps, like real paper, And then we text them, we give them old-fashioned flip phones with no GPS or internet, and then we text them every day with clues to follow where they race to a different city every day. And as they follow those clues, at the end of the day, they wind up on a doorstep. They knock on the door, and as soon as they arrive at that doorstep, their clock stops. They've been timed from the moment they got their first text to the moment that they knock on that door. This is by design. We don't want them to be worried about the race anymore because there's actually $50,000 at the end of this race up for grabs. We want them to just put the race out of their minds and think about who's on the other side of this door. And when they knock on that door, I'm going to show you what happens in a few scenes. So if you're the last one to find your relative or it takes you the longest to find your relative every day, then you receive a strike. Three strikes and you're out of the race. But if you make it to day 10, 10 days of racing, and you finish first on day 10, then not only have you found your family, but you also win $50,000. Thus the term relative race, and it is done in this unscripted format, and we thought it might be popular, and it seems to be enormously popular. And so I hope that that might pique your interest. We like to call that a tease in our business. I hope that that has teased you to be interested in the show. Now. There in this setting, I was just speaking with your good president uh, beforehand and his wife, this, I, I, I'm, in this setting, I'm able to share with you the enormous difficulties and miracles that take place. My wife, I wish she was here. She's preparing to go on a trip. I wish she was here with us. My wife, for years, and we're into our uh, seventh season of Relative Race, uh, we've been nominated the last two years in a row, and I think that we should all take I, I hope that we all have proper pride in this—that BYU TV has supported a show that, for the last two years, has been a finalist—one of only six shows in the United States that have been finalists for the Emmy for Best Reality Show. Now we've lost to Keeping Up with the Kardashians, so that kind of tells you. But, but um, so uh, <laughs> so. Having said that, I, I like our show better. <laughs> um, my wife. Uh, for the first several years, we didn't know if the show was going to continue. It's not an inexpensive show to do. It takes us about, the production cycle is about uh, is about 16 to 17 months to, to do one season. And um, I would come home kind of stressed as the person at our company responsible to make sure that, we can pay our employees every two weeks, I was pretty stressed because most of our resources go to this, a show of this magnitude. And I would always say, Honey, I don't, I don't know that this show is going to continue. And my wife would calmly look at me and, quote, would say, You're not in charge. I'd look at her and I'd say, No, actually, I am. Um, I, I, I you, you know what I do, I am in charge, and it's actually only me, I'm responsible for this. She goes, no, you're going to figure it out someday that you're not in charge of this show. And I'm like, no, actually, I am. I I created it, and it's it it it's got to go the way... She said, no. And by the way, two times that this happened, I came home kind of haggard and stressed, and she came from the temple. And she looked at me and she said, finally one day, this was about three weeks that I was I was doing this, and finally she came home and she said... Dan, if, if, if you don't understand it, let me be very, very clear. Your Father in Heaven is in charge of this show. This show has to happen. And I didn't know that there would be another season. Well, that was five seasons ago. Uh, I'm not in charge. Uh, I have, uh, that has been, <laughs> that has been shown me many, many times over, over the past few seasons. And there's miracles upon miracles, some of which I, I hope to share with you if we have the time. So. With this unscripted format, you, you never know what's going to happen, and we only hope. We hope we have thirty-six cameras rolling, uh, divided amongst these four teams. We have uh, trailing. Uh, we have a trailing group behind the car that they're racing in. We have a group in front of them. We have a group that are setting up challenges. You'll see that much like Survivor or Amazing Race, we actually build, construct, and test challenges, which are part of each one of their day's race. They have to arrive in the city and overcome challenges. Um, Again, we don't know what's going to happen. And we've researched it. We know who the relatives are. We've contacted the relatives and they've agreed to be in their home on a certain day on that exact day that we're gonna that, that arrive, but we just don't know how that meeting is going to take place. And so with that in mind, I wanna first introduce you to Joe and Maddie Greer, and I'm gonna show this little video, I wanna set it up for you. Joe and Maddie were youth counselors at a, a Bible school in Oregon. They met online. Fell in love and married. They were newlyweds on this show. Um, you're going to hear his story and you're going to find out what happened as he went on this race. The first thing that I want to show you, though, is a little promo that we have. You guys see promos for all your favorite shows, right? This is a little promo that we hope will kind of set the tone, in this case, the spirit of the show. So let's go ahead and take a look at that.
1: Get over here close as you can. I've been alive place. I want to get face to face. Face I need you here. Give me your hand. We've got to fill in this space. I want to get face to face. Face to
0: face. So I get a little emotional every time I see that because I know every one of those teams and those people, and they stay in touch, and many of them, again, in this setting, I'm, I'm pleased to, to say that many of them have been introduced to the gospel. One of the teams have actually joined the church. Um, she actually works for us, uh, the wife now. She moved from Texas and, and works for Lensworks Productions. So I talked about Joe Greer. Here is Joe's story, and here's what happened on one day, one scene for Joe. Jill Greer. My
1: name is Madison Greer. And we are Team Black, and we live in Portland, Oregon. And we're here with one purpose and one mission, and that's to find family. I was born in Flint, Michigan, to just my mother. It was just her and I. Never knew my, my father, never knew who my biological father was. On the night of my fourth birthday, my mother went out with some uh, co-workers for the evening, and she didn't come home. She was involved in a a drunk driving accident. That uh, was not her fault. It ended up taking her life. I just want to know who my dad is. That's a big reason, you know, why I'm here, why, you know, I'm doing this is to um, hopefully, I don't know, experience um, some peace and through some, some heavy questions being answered, and some some holes being filled. It took me, I think, till about him to get to the base of the steps, to really understand what was about to happen. Joe, it's great to meet you. Hi. He walked towards me and embraced me, and, um,
2: Relative, are you?
0: Uh, uh, I'm Joe's father. Really? Really.
1: I honestly didn't think a day like this would ever happen. You know, it's always just been this weird, like distant dream. Like there's no way. Anybody will be able to find him. Oh, my word. Doug? Yeah. You knew my mom?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we can talk about all of that. It's a long story.
1: I can't wait to hear it. Wow. It's just overwhelming. I don't know what to do with all of it. That's amazing. That's great. Look at that, we look alike, don't we? Look at that. (laughs) Look at that. I love that. (laughs) My father is Douglas H. and. I found him on relative race.
0: (laughs) So quick backstory on that. It's quite a call when you call somebody up and you say, you have a son or a daughter and we're hoping you'll be on our show and we can reveal that to you and to them on this nationally broadcast television show, live to tape. And when we contacted Joe's father, he said, I don't have a son, and that's the typical reaction. He said, I don't, I don't have a son. He we said, well, actually you do, and, and we're hoping that we can send you some footage of our show and that, that you'll understand that our show is not about tearing down people like most unscripted shows. This is about building people and building relationships up, and we, we show the best of people. Well, he said, you'd have to convince me that, and I said, well, we have the DNA. And he said, oh, where did you get it? And we said, Ancestry DNA. And he said, oh, that, that's a cheap company. He said, I know that, no, I can't trust that. If, if you'll have this paternity test, that's $700, maybe I'll believe that. We said, done, we'll pay for it. Send it to him, came back. You're 99.9999999% sure that this is your son. Oh, that's the wrong company. He goes, if you'll do this company. So he did a a third one. And finally, at that realization, he said, I want to meet my son. Now, what's amazing here is that he also met, for those of you who watched that season, he also met siblings that he'd never known. And five months after the show, his father passed away. And so he was able to be there with his family. The next little clip that I want to show you is something that kind of reverses that. We called up the father. We said, you have a son. His reaction was just the opposite. He said, he's from North Carolina. You'll see he's got a twine. He just talked like this. And he just said, he goes, no boy should ever be without his daddy. Had I known I had a boy, I'd been there. He goes, I want to meet my son. I said, great. It's on this day that we'll be at your house. Oh, I won't be there. Well, what, what day will work for you? We might be able to move it by a couple of days. We're about two months out from filming. Maybe we could move all 10 days by a couple of days. Are you on vacation? No. Uh, is there a family emergency? No. Well, is there another day that will work? No, I just won't be there. OK, I'm, I'm having a little hard time understanding. Why won't you be there? Well, I'll be dead. What? Uh, I'm dying. So we had to, in that moment, we had to make a a decision, how do we film this now knowing that his father isn't going to be alive when we're actually filming the show when we found the father. So we went out and filmed it beforehand. But here is Michael and Dylan, a father and son team. You'll hear his story. They're obviously from North Carolina as well as you will hear from the twang. But watch this moment.
2: Hey, I'm Michael Anderson. And I'm his son Dylan. And we're from Concord, North Carolina. And and we are Team blue. Blue. I want to be on this race to find my biological family. I was adopted at birth. My adoptive father died when I was nine. My adoptive mother died when I was 12. She told no one where I came from. I know everyone on my mom's side, but I don't know anyone on my dad's side. When my adoptive parents passed away, I was a 12-year-old boy with nobody in the world that I felt love me. Just, I felt so alone. Um, meeting family, just it would change my life. We get out of the car, and we walk down the sidewalk. And there was this man and this woman standing there. I, I had no idea who they was. Go ahead. Hey. Hello, son. I'm Wayne. I'm your
1: daddy. (laughs) I'm
2: your grandpa. (laughs) This
1: is This
2: this is my son son Dylan. (sighs) Part of me just got filled in. A missing piece in the puzzle just got placed. I didn't know Uh, that you were born or you'd been with me, buddy. You didn't know about me? No, no. no. I never did know nothing about you two. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know what we was coming up here for. And I'm very happy that I wasn't too late. I'm. I, I'm sorry. very, very sick. I ain't got long to be here. What? That's the reason we met today. Oh, I'm my my. kidding. done quit working. He's not gonna be around much longer. But having this completes me more. So you're the one to thank for my ball spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I found my. Dad, my father, my blood. Happy doesn't describe it. This is absolutely one of the best moments of my life. Come on, all right. Happy day of my life, son. See here.
0: That seemed to skip back. Yeah, it's back at Joe, so we'll see if we can get it to the final one. We may be able to see this final one or we may not. The final clip that I wanna show you is Rebecca Hoyt. For those of you who watched, you might remember that her father killed her mother and was serving and is serving a uh, lifetime sentence in prison in California. And she was adopted by her father's side of the family, who told her nothing about her mother's side of the family. She knew nothing about her mother or mother's side of the family. And and hopefully we'll be able to show you this clip. Um, But again, watch the moment when she finds a blood relative from her mother's side of the family. And in this, I hope that we will take away, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I don't, I don't like to prepare thoughts or take notes. I just like to kind of speak from the heart or from the spirit. And I hope that we will take away how valuable our families are. Um, so uh, a dear friend of mine, Brother and Sister Pei are, are here today. Uh, Sister Pei actually changed my two youngest boys' lives. But she was part of our challenge. When we lost our oldest son four and a half years ago in a uh, sudden accident, and I thought I understood the importance of family. I thought that I, thought that I felt it, I thought I knew it. Um, but I know how hard it has been since I've lost an integral part of my family. I can't imagine what it would be like not knowing your family. I can't imagine what it would feel like, like you heard from Michael there where he said, all I wanna do is know if there's somebody out there that loves me. I I can't imagine that. And I hope that you don't have that in your lives. If part or all of your family is whole, I hope that you'll walk away from this devotional today with a deeper sense of love and appreciation, one that allows us to speak kinder to one another, to have more patience one with another. Because families are truly the most important thing that we have here on this earth. Families can be together forever, as we spoke and sung in that earlier hymn. But for me personally, it's rung true. In a way that I never knew was possible since losing our son. So let's see if we, if we actually have this ready then. No. So we don't. We're gonna miss that clip, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure if in the assembly hall, is it appropriate to have questions and answers? Okay. I haven't spoken in the assembly hall before. So we have some extra time. We have about five minutes. Anybody who's watched the show or who hasn't, do you have any questions at this point? Because I want to talk about behind the scenes, things that you're wondering, how it works. That's one of the things that we uh, tend to transition into when I talk about Relative Brace. Anybody have any questions about Relative Brace? Yes? Have you been turned down? I'm sorry? Have we been turned down? Yes, great question. Have we been turned down? Um, yes, in fact, uh, I was just relating uh, to your president here that. Uh, It happens usually about once a season, that one of the teams that we just love, either we can't find all their relatives or they won't sign a contract. I can tell you that just a week ago in our upcoming season that we're getting ready to film in about two and a half months, we had this amazing couple from Seattle, really excited, found the father and a brother The brother agreed and said, I'll speak to my dad. And the next thing we got back was an email uh, just last week that said, the CC on this email is our attorney. We will not be on the show. And if you contact us again, you'll have to work through our attorney for the repercussions of that. We are formally, legally letting you know, do not contact us ever again. That happens occasionally, but only about one out of every 20 teams that we research. So yes, we have been turned down. Yes? Can you tell us a bit about the family that ended up joining the church? That was Rebecca. That was Rebecca. So uh, that's who um, I'm not sure what happened to the clip there, but uh, Oh, she has it. Okay. um, Do we have time? It's a few minutes. Okay. Let's go ahead and listen to her backstory and uh, what happened when she meets a family member for the first time.
1: Get over here, close as you can, I've been al-
0: See, we only work with Macs, and you guys have uh, PCs, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just... <coughs> so let me tell you about uh, Rebecca. Rebecca and her husband joined the church, Sadly, since the show, they also divorced. Um, you guys remember, if you remember the show, he's the, he was the border patrol agent. Uh, we actually had to move the show around for him because he was uh, going to join the FBI and had to go back for training. And um, we got a call about four or five months after the show from Rebecca saying, uh, I'm going through divorce and all of the family that she found was mostly in Idaho and Northern California. And she said, I'm thinking about moving kind of your neck of the woods. And um, my business partner, who had actually been her producer on the show, responsible for that team, walked into the office and said, hey, Dan, we're gonna hire Rebecca Hoyt. And I said, Rebecca Hoyt? That sounds so familiar. And he said she was on last season's roller race. And I said, The young woman from Texas said, yeah. And I said, she knows television production. He said, no, but we're going to hire her. She needs a job. Let me tell you that that is probably in 20 years of having our company. That's one of the best hires we have ever had. That woman is amazing. She was just married uh, and sealed in the temple to her new husband uh, six weeks ago. We filmed it all and we're going to have that update online on BYU TV. Uh, we actually have 16 updates from 16 of the teams over the past uh, six seasons, and, th- and that's one of them. She married a Skywest airline pilot. Just a wonderful man. Wonderful guy. Any other questions? Yes.: uh, so with the team, like, I' team I've seen all the seasons, but with the team.: I like, forgive I you. So, great question. And like when I speak at RootsTech, that's the first question that everybody goes, just tell me if they don't get to meet their family on the show, you at least let them know who their family is. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole purpose of the show. We, we, don't, we don't say, oh, you're out. And all that family that we found, you don't get to know anything about them. We send them every, every relative that we found, including if they're not on the show. And sometimes that's 100 relatives. Um, If the relative will allow us to legally share their information, we give them all of the information. Now, this last season of the show and the new season that we're getting ready to film, there is a twist into the format of the show. Because when they sign their contract with us, the contestants, it says that um, I as the host of the show and the production company can change anything anytime we want. And I do. Uh, And it's all for family. And so this last season, for those of you who watched, there was a golden ticket that we hid, and they found. And the golden ticket said, if you've received your third strike, you can use this golden family ticket to meet one more relative. It says you're out of the race, meaning you're out of the $50,000 race, but you get to meet family. And so we have another twist on that coming up this coming season. But it's a great question. And yes, we give them all of the information. We want them to meet their family. We have changed the show every season trying to... Uh, minimize the amount of time that they're actually racing, and maximize the amount of time that they have with their family. Because they actually have to spend, not only do they meet the family, they have to spend the night with the family. And that's been interesting at times as well. Any other questions? Yes. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. We had created an earlier show for the network called Dining with the Dean, an unscripted show. Um, and they and BYU TV came back to us and said, You guys know how to do unscripted television really well. Uh, Ancestry has come to us. They're going to be launching a new division of their company called Ancestry DNA. It tells you how quickly we become familiar with products and services because it seems like, well, hasn't that been around forever? And they said, Ancestry has asked us if we can create a show that might showcase what would happen uh, if you submit DNA, how you might be able to find family. And they said, so we would like you guys to try to create a show for us. And I said, well, explain DNA and how that works. And they said, well, you spit into a tube, and you send that out to a laboratory that has everybody else that's spit into a tube, and they can quickly see if your DNA matches. And I remember looking at those executives saying, I am so confused. So you want a television show? And they said, we want it to be an hour. I said, you want an hour-long television show about people spitting into a tube and finding family. And they said well yeah but you got to figure that out and so from that we came back about two weeks later and we said look we have this concept called the relative race and they immediately said can you drop the word the i said yeah it's just a working title they said much better for social media i was like got it so it is officially it's been a relative race ever since and that was the genesis of relative race was ancestry asking uh, byu tv to create a show that would be a compelling show that would showcase what could happen and how you could find family if you submitted DNA. Now, ironically, Ancestry distanced themselves from the show after the second season. They talked to us why. Um, uh, they wanted the show on another network, and our, our conversations were well, we, we have a relationship with BYU TV, we're very comfortable, we, we wanna help them do what they're trying to do, which is offer quality, award-winning programming Uh, that the whole family can enjoy and gather around the TV together like I used to as a kid. So we love working with BYU TV. We want to work with BYU TV, and we're very happy that this show remains on BYU TV. And you can stream it. You don't have to wait till it airs. You can stream it any time. You can just go to BYUtv.org and uh, look up Relative Race. Just Google Relative Race, and up will come ways that you can stream it right away. Yes, sir. So, locally, BYU TV airs on its um, educational channel in the state of Utah on KBYU, but it's in about 83 million homes, and so all over the country it just depends what cable or satellite system you have, and the channels vary everywhere. I think, brothers and sisters, that I have—I'm sorry, one more. yeah <laughs> yeah that is uh we actually like season one the uh, the best. they had a transition of people at BYU TV and uh, season one was kind of a proof of concept. we really liked it um, and it seemed to go over really well they've they've removed it. it it was done for a a very small budget and I think I think I think that they just kind of think, look it's not the same as the rest of the seasons when when the budget changed and now we've got this much more award-nominated show where season one was a little more of a um, let's kind of see how it might work and I think there might be I think they might kind of be yeah let's take that off our network <laughs> so, so that's why season one is no longer there in fact one of our executive producers at our company for Christmas for everybody internally at Lensworks Productions had season one and burned it to uh, Blu-ray and gave it to all of us so that we would always have season one that we could watch. So uh, we like season one as well. Thank you for that question. Brothers and sisters, I do want to leave with you my testimony. I, 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 I cannot tell you how deeply my testimony of family has grown since I've been privileged to be, to be a part, a small part, of this show. Um, to see families find each other, to see that moment when they realize that they're not alone, that there's somebody else that does love them, that wants them, that is searching for them. I pray, and it's my testimony, that if we will grow our families, be stronger as families, that that is the greatest happiness that we can know here on this earth, and hopefully we can carry that on afterwards. I'm grateful for that testimony. I'm grateful for my family. I'm humbled to be able to be here with you, and I hope that you will go home and watch relative race. I leave those things with you in the sacred name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.